Tell us your story. Welcome to Author Eke. Hi, I'm Travis Davis, your host. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I was born in Santa Monica, California, and kind of grew up just like a normal kid. I had a, um, a God experience when I was in high school and just poured over um, the scripture. I hate um, or hated, I should say, religion and had uh, didn't want to have anything to do with it. But um, I was really attracted to the book and the, um, which I call again the script, the and the protagonist, often called the Messiah, and um, and and then I went to college. I was, I'm actually dyslexic, so I'm terrible at English. Never consider myself a, a writer, but I went to college, and while I was in college, um, I I uh, had this experience where I was walking by a map of the world and the mountains of Central Asia jumped out and grabbed my heart and pulled me in. That was in 1987. And I couldn't go to Central Asia at that time, at least not to the former Soviet republics because of the Soviet Union. And um, kind of followed the call to as close as I could get, which was Pakistan, and, and met some wonderful people there. And then went back to California and um, got a degree in agriculture. And um and then in 91, the Soviet Union collapsed, and um, I got uh, I went over to Kyrgyzstan in, in 94 and started working with farmers up in the high mountains of Central Asia. And it was, yeah, it was, it was fascinating. While I was up there, I was actually kind of, even though I was an adult, I was adopted as a, as a child, and I was, um, uh, the family had 12 kids, so I was the 13th, but age-wise, I was actually fifth. Oh, is it really <laughs> the thirteen, not twelve? Throw throw an extra one in. Yeah, yeah. And I was, you know, so I was up there, and I just while I was up there, I started to see a lot of similarities between the Kyrgyz and the um, ancient Hebrews that I'd read about in the script. So I started to write about some of those similarities, and sometimes I'd write allegory, and sometimes I'd write um, academic papers. And um, I the a book I published a. Uh, probably about 12 years ago. And in Kyrgyz first in the Kyrgyz language just talks about how I see the link between the Kyrgyz and the ancient Hebrews through the, the lost tribes of Israel. And, um, and then uh, more recently, I've kind of tried to develop that into a, like a theology and wrote a book uh, called come home. And that just came out in December. So yeah, I'm self-published and I published probably about um five or seven books in Kyrgyzstan in the Kyrgyz language. And then, yeah, in Kyrgyz language, yeah. And, and, and became, it's, it's Kyrgyzstan, Kyrgyzstan. It's close to Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, all of, all of the And it's, it's north of Afghanistan a little bit, but I know Travis, you, um, I saw, I saw that you also kind of were familiar with the, the communism and the former Soviet Union. And, and also, I think you and I have some overlap on, on experiences there. Yeah, it's a painful culture. I mean, I love the Kyrgyz culture, but the, the communism was, was really painful, really hurtful. Right, 
Right, right. Yeah. I'm so glad I went to Kyrgyzstan. Lived there for almost 20 years and and uh again just really enjoyed these people. Um they're I mean they're they're really like family now. I have I have my kids have Kyrgyz aunts and uncles back back in Kyrgyzstan and yeah. Yeah. Right, right. So, you know, one one thing about my books is they were all very controversial while I was over there. Again, the they had been in the Soviet Union for a long time, and I started to write about um, God and the connections between the good book and their culture. And then also um, Islam started really coming in quite aggressively in the late 1990s and early 2000s. And so, um, you know, when I would write, when I'd write from a biblical perspective or something about um, Jesus, there's often uh, a big backlash, but there are also people that really liked it. So um, people, some people were saying, keep writing. And other people said, you know, if you write another book, we're going to, we're going <laughs> to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, being uh, being from Santa Monica, which is very, very secular, and then having lived over um, in the former Soviet Union, I, I see two different denominations within atheism. You know, one is kind of the, the nice American version, and the other really a, um, a very mean and ruthless um soviet version yeah and i don't see that i don't say that to belittle the people because again i love the people but the system itself was just brutal yeah you know um yeah i i appreciate the question you know it for me it's interesting i i i can't really say that the writing necessarily is uh, was uh, like religion for me or religious for me because I definitely had a call to go and that what that one I would say was spiritual or religious but but the desire to write is yeah to communicate these ideas and the pictures that I see you know uh, I love this ancient old book the the script and and I I love Kyrgyz culture and seeing the place where the two overlap for me was fascinating and to be able to write about that and share that with the Kyrgyz uh, and uh, not only partake in their culture, but show them the the most popular book that's ever been written, and and their leaders, you know, through the Soviet era, and now uh, again with what I would call a foreign form of Islam. So they're not in charge of the of the mosque and the teaching. They the teachers come from the outside. So I, I just want to show them the beauty of their culture and their book. And I I actually had a, a man who. Um, I, I went up to a village one time up in the high mountains, and I said to some of the young men on the outskirts of the of the village, I said, can I um, meet the person who knows your culture more than anyone else in the village? And, and they said, sure. And they were going to take me to the Islamic mullah. But right before we got to his house, they they said, you know, there's actually another man who knows our culture better. Right. And so they we turned and went down another street, went to his house. 
did the customary tea and greeting and all. And then I said, I had the I had the the good book in my hand, and I said, can I read something from this to you? And he said, no, I I don't want to pollute my ancestral line. I don't want to um, curse my my descendants. So um, so then we we talked, and I said, well, you have this God guest tradition in your culture. And we talked about the God guest culture. Um, you know, God can come walking up to your camp, to your yurt. Your um, yurt is like a nomadic dwelling. He come walking up to your yurt, and you need to welcome him. And and we talked about their their culture. And then I said, um, if you won't read it, is it okay if I open it up and just read this passage to you? And and they said, yeah. So I just read um, where Abraham and the two angels in Genesis in the Torah they come walking up to Abraham's camp. And Abraham welcomes them in. And when I was reading that story to him, he was so enamored. It caught it caught and grabbed him so powerfully that he actually took the book from my hand and, and started reading it for his own. And in 20 minutes earlier, he had said he wouldn't touch it because it was foreign. It was bad. He was going to pollute his ancestral line and curse his descendants. So, so and, and the only reason why I could... I could do that is because um, because the the book itself, the script, the text spoke so powerfully to his own soul, and then and then I went on um, a little bit f- further, and I said, "You've got a you've got a legend of a wanderer, the wanderer, who might come wandering into your village, and if you recognize him and meet him, you're supposed to hold on to him until you get his blessing." And they're like, yeah, yeah. So we talked about it. And he said, you know, he explained some more to me. And then I read from Genesis 32 and just said, you know, Jacob was out by himself by this creek and met an angel and started wrestling with him. And at one point he's called a man and another time an angel and another time God. And and Jacob won't let go of this angel until he gets the blessing. And the blessing that the angel gave to Jacob was, he says, um, your name will no longer be called Jacob, but you'll be called Israel. And that's where the name Israel comes from, uh, meaning to wrestle with God. And then um, and then the angel touches Jacob on the hip, and Jacob becomes lame, can't walk after that. Let's go, the angel. The angel disappears. But the very last verse of that says, uh, of Genesis 32, in, in the good book, in the Torah, says, For this reason, the children of Israel don't eat the tendon on the hip to this day. And, you know, that was written, that was written three and a half thousand years ago. But the Kyrgyz will slaughter a sheep and they eat everything on it, everything, things that I almost can't digest. But they won't eat that one tendon on the, on, on the hip bone. There's a there's a massive overlap, massive overlap between the two. And again, these are things that I just started to first. I just started to list them down, and then after the list got um, longer and longer, I, I started to write about them. And and um, yeah, yeah. And it, right, right. It, it's it's really it's fascinating, and I I really think one of the biggest roots or, or connecting points is is again the book that's kind of been translated into more languages than any other book, and it's it's fascinating. You know, I was um I was up on the mountain in a yurt 
drinking fermented horse milk one time. Have you ever had fermented horse milk? Okay, like horse milk, horse milk beer or something. They call it. They call it kumite. <laughs> I mean, before going to Kyrgyzstan, I didn't even know you could milk a horse, but Kyrgyz will just very patiently and quietly, kind of quietly come up to the mare and just and milk the mare, get a little bit of milk, and go to the next, and and uh, and then they make this this fermented horse milk beer out of it. And while I was up in the in the yurt on the mountains, listening to the story of their legend, their legendary hero is a man named Manas. And Manas was a shepherd boy who killed a giant and became king. So you have a little bit of the story of David and Goliath. David, the shepherd boy, killed the giant and became king of Israel. And then David's best friend was Jonathan. And Jonathan was the son of Saul who wanted to kill David. And the best friend of Manas was the son of a king who wanted to kill Manas. So you have this pattern, like the biblical pattern, um, playing out, and it and it goes on and on and on. It's not not just that. And I was yeah, it's it's. It is really similar. It's it's really beautiful. And and um, the storyteller, when I was up there in the yurt, um, stopped telling me the story and said, do you know the name of uh, Manasseh's father? And I said, no. And with big eyes, leaning forward, he just said, Jacob. And when he said Jacob, I thought, Jacob. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't drink too much of that, to be honest. I, well, to be honest with you, it affects my stomach before it hits my head. <laughs> but, you know, I to be fair, I um I I wrote it in English and had translators translate it and then I corrected it in the other language. I corrected it in Kyrgyz. Yeah. I know I'm pretty bad. I'm pretty bad at correcting in English too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's great. You know the the um the Kyrgyz Kyrgyzstan is in. Um, it's got two mountain ranges. One is called the Tian Shan, and the other is the Pamir in the south. And there's a, um, a a knot of mountains called the Pamir Knot, where the Hindu Kush, the Tian Shan Pamir, and the Himalayas all come together. So yes, if the kids do rate, you know, kind of feel the globe, highest mountains are are very close to Kyrgyzstan. Right, right. 
Ja. 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 Oh, I, I, it's, it's, it's home for me. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I was raised here. I'm in Santa Monica right now, raised here, and I've been back with my family actually for 10 years. But yeah, I go back, I go back and sometimes for conferences, sometimes for family. And, and also, uh, we've got. <laughs> You can fly through Frankfurt and Dubai, but right now the best way is through Istanbul, actually. Yeah, before um, it had been um, through London, but then uh, I, yeah, then British Air kind of lost some of the, the the space to to Turkish Air. But we've gone through, we've gone through Frankfurt a few times, through Dubai one time. It's a lot. It's it's literally on the other side of the world from California. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, they're hot. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, it's interesting. We um we started a little just a little kind of chat um that we do around the world, mostly with uh Asia called the Lost Tribes Cafe. And um there's a there's a lot of theology involved in all of this, obviously. And and um, Jews will often pray three times a day for the lost tribes of Israel to return. And according to Jewish theology, when all the tribes return, then Messiah will come. So I, I speak about this to Jewish audiences on a fa fairly um, common basis, a regular basis. And and um, it's it's just some of the theology is fascinating. In, in May, this coming May, there's going to be a reconciliation conference where um judah or what who we know as the jews today will try to reconcile themselves with um what they call the lost tribes of israel and and so they've invited um, a number of us into this conference to try and find a, a connecting point and obviously the the big um the big stumbling stone is is jesus because we all recognize the same book, the same scripture, the same prophets, same prophecies. But um, the big point is whether Yeshua or Jesus is is the Messiah or not. And so um, one of the fascinating aspects of living over in Asia is to actually find not only um, anthropological evidence that points um, Central Asians and people along the Silk Road and even the Japanese back to um, back to Israel and to the Torah, but there's also a number of these um, anthropological um, evidences that that recognize uh, a Messiah, a messianic figure. Sometimes it is he's actually named as Jesus Messiah. Islam has Jesus mentioned by by name, Isa, um, and um, and then you'll find his name Uza or Uza Masa in in uh, Japan. And, um, and in Kyrgyzstan, too, this wanderer that I mentioned to you, a very powerful messianic uh, figure that has many characteristics pointing right back to Jesus in the New Testament. It, it, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's no end to it. There's no end. These um, cultural anthropological uh, branches just go and go and go. They're all, they are all connected. The Kyrgyz, the Kyrgyz and their legend of Manas, they have a story of the uh, ambassadors going to Iran and to Hungary. And then some ambassadors went to the deep. And the ambassadors that went to Hungary and Iran all came back. But those that went to the deep never came back. And and um, I I had a Navajo friend come and visit me in um, in Kyrgyzstan, and he couldn't believe how similar the Kyrgyz and the Navajo were. And right, so the so a lot of the Kyrgyz scholars believe that the ambassadors that went to the deep became the Native American, and the Native Americans among themselves have the tradition of lost tribes of Israel, whether they're the lost tribes of Israel or not. And so, again, we just um, See, like you say, these these connections just go and go and go. You know, again, with my dyslexia, I'm super slow, and I, I there's a bit of a perfectionist in me that wants to just go back and and revisit the page again and again and again and I and because a lot of the material that I'm writing about is so as ABC for me now um, I kind of expect my reader to be there and I, I often forget that my reader's not there so I've got to go back and lay a better foundation for my reader so for me writing is a it's a long process but there's a real for me there's a real kind of joy in, in it like um, I did write a screenplay when I was in Kyrgyzstan and and uh one point I are you? Are you really? Yeah. Well, yeah. It was. Um, it was the first of two. The uh, the second one I kind of was a co-writer on, but um, both of them were about Kyrgyzstan. And you know, I, I I remember kind of going back to my screenplay and and, and getting so caught up in it. I mean, it's, it was fiction. It was all fiction. And 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 crying at one point. You know, it's like, you know, the, but there's the thing. I think I guess my advice would be is like follow your heart. If you're dreaming and thinking about something, um, get it down and get it on paper. And and um, a, another word of advice that I have is just you know, just kind of pray that simple prayer, like Lord lead me and deliver me from temptation and protect me from evil. And just so you know, it kind of clears that space in the mind and kind of yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Oh, that's great. You should send a link. Can you put a link on it? <laughs> I think that'll be fun. I'd be fun to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this first this first one never got produced. The second one did get um, 
He did get shot, but not the first one. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think, you know, what we know, sometimes there's always a connection. There's always a place. Yeah. yeah, there's, it's really interesting, Travis, you know, it, it, again, like the theology itself goes on and on and the, the examples and the, and the verses that tie in from scripture and the connections with other religions. Also, we have, uh, we just had a um, conference call with some Japanese about Shintoism and all the connections that the Shinto religion, the Japanese nationalistic religion has to, to the script. There were Shinto priests that went to Israel and basically asked, you know, why why are Shintoism and Judaism so similar? And yeah, so right, right, right. And well, uh, the man that was sharing with us, the Japanese scholar, was saying that, um, you know, it's obviously Shintoism is polytheistic now, but um, up until the 8th century, it had been monotheistic. And and its origin, they have um, temples that that really are seem to be built after the pattern of, the, of Solomon's temple in scripture. And the priests, there's a scholar named Adimasu Kubo, who's written a lot about this in, in both English and Japanese. Um, Somebody's got a blueprint. <laughs> Somebody dropped the blueprint from heaven, in my opinion. I, I I love God's story. I just think it's amazing, and it's you know it 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 definitely goes way beyond the boundaries of Judaism and Christianity, and um, it's amazing. You too, Travis. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Yeah, well, great, great. Thank you for having me on. Okay, great. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Author Eke. Join us next week for another episode. Tell us your story.